This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, is Hans. Once again, what we're talking... Oh, oh, what do we have here? What did you just make? I didn't even go to the three-way <laughs> perspective. It's just me. <laughs> and then he's expecting. Doesn't that look like a real doll? That yeah. Korean Tran? Which one? Oh, my. Yeah. There's two of them. The, the, the him. The him? Him? Is, him that, is that offensive? <laughs> is that offensive that. to say him? Just call it that. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Bullcut on the right. I mean, that's every every Japanese person in the history of Japan. <laughs> what, <Bullcuts>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sense some some Chinese versus Japanese animosity there, Hans. You, you have anything you want to get off your chest? I'm bald. I nothing. I can't. I, there's nothing. Well, Hans is a Buddhist these days. He's very peaceful. Yeah. That's why he keeps shaving his head. Hans, you, you should just... grow your hair out like what, what you did for Devlin. That's a much uh, more youthful look, I think, than just going all off the top. He goes yeah, full you know, mouth, though, when he gets back home. I think watching that episode of, um, what's that show called? The, this show? Seinfeld. What is it called? You want to be Jason Alexander. No, no, the oh. show that we, we, we did. After seeing that, I was like, oh, is that what my head actually looks like you could just wear a bowl cut wig i've still got that that surfer do you could just crop the the back in the front a little bit and i think it would do the job for you it looked very shiny it looked very polyester artificial but people wouldn't say anything i'm sure <laughs> they would just they would just go with it they'd just be like oh mm-hmm. he looks white i guess he's some he's from that's somewhere. a white man no, that's your normal here. everyday white man look at his hair yeah. That's what you said. I do have a real human hair wig I got for 500 bucks back in like 2014, 2015, when I was uh, trying to do a project that did not uh, unfortunately pan out. And I decided to make that purchase before the Kickstarter was over. Boy, was that a mistake. Nice. So I've got that lying around here somewhere if you ever want it. I'm, I'm fine. Are you sure? I think I'm good just being good. Yeah. It could be good. It could, could be nice. Anyway, listen, yeah. we're talking about, speaking of hair, you know who does not have hair? But has hair in this movie is Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has hair in the Sixth Sense. He's got his uh, very late '80s, early '90s look going on yeah. here. His Bruno look. He's got the uh, I call it the isosceles hairline in this one because there's just a de- defined triangle <laughs> on the right corner of his head that is very the, geometric. I did notice how sharp that was because recently I had <laughs> to do some shaving. And I noticed that it came in very shaving. Huh? Do you want yeah, to show us? Do you want to do no, show? Do look, on the last show, I didn't have a hat on. I don't think, right? No, or no. I did. no you I said did. shaving with a with a beat of silence in between. That that indicates yeah. you were doing some some very specific shaving. Yeah, I was. I don't know, but listen. Show your dick, lower right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see those shade balls. Uh, no, yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't you show it on one of the episodes back or was that no i i showed i showed you in a picture i should send it to you as well jake but um anyway we're talking about the sixth sense tonight that's uh m night Shyamalan's third film his most popular film it's the film that changed the culture at the time it really capped off 1999 it was quite the surprise for a lot of people the end was certainly quite a surprise for many people Uh, i was a little apprehensive at the beginning of the movie when i played it if it was going to hold up at all, going into the movie knowing what everybody knows, which is that, oh, Bruce Willis died. Bruce Willis is dead. Bruce Willis was Bruce Willis murdered. has dementia in the movie. It's very ahead of its time. Very, <laughs> it's very like it the Simpsons where they predicted the future. 
Yeah. It's, it's like, am I dead? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, that's, it's sad, but uh, I, uh, that was one of the things uh, that I struggled with in the rewatch, that I started noticing a lot of things that I didn't notice before just because I knew that he was, spoiler alert, dead. Uh, so uh, his interactions with everyone... Where they're where not talking Warren, back to him at all. Yeah, where, where he, the, where the he best just shows up a passive and aggressive comment and walking away. Yeah, where he just shows up. He shows up to that dinner and then his wife is just like grabbing the bill or whatever. Very, very uh, uh, aggressively, I guess. Very Mr. Uh, bill, the, the SNL doll character, right? Yay, That's what you're saying. It, yeah, and how no one would talk to him, only the kid. So it's like, oh, fuck, like... If you know how this ends, this movie kind of sucks because the whole mystery of, you know, what's happening with it, our Bruce Willis character, it's it's kind of obvious at the beginning that he gets shot in the stomach. You're like, okay, cool, so he's dead, right? It, uh, I feel like that that kind of hurts the rewatchability of this movie because I remember that the first time I ever watched it. Now we talk about this a lot about like when was the first time you were. Uh, or the first time you watched this movie, uh, for me, it was when it was on, on this channel called Cine Canal, I think, or HBO. So it was like two or three years after it came out in the States is when I watched this movie. Uh, and, and it was great up to that point. But like, I feel like if you know that Bruce Willis is dead from the beginning, if you have that knowledge, the rewatchability is not that effective because you notice so many different things that at first, without having that information, uh, it's not as obvious. But then when I knew that and I rewatched it, I was like, every single time he interacted with everyone, I was like, oh, oh well, he's dead. That's why. You know, well, I, I think when you rewatch the movie, you get to focus on a different aspect of it than that. So for me, what I honed in on, when I obviously rewatched this movie for the first time, maybe about 15, 16 years, knowing, all right, that's the twist. But that's not really, I think, what gives... That's what made the movie a pop culture phenomenon, but I don't think that's really what's driving the movie. So on this this go-around, what I focused in on was, all right, well, Bruce Willis has this relationship with his wife that's one-sided because he's dead, and just how strenuous that is emotionally for him and that character, but then also the Tony Collette character having to deal with her son, who she thinks is just a pathological liar who's moving things around... Uh, you, I think it's much better and much more. Uh, it doesn't affect the rewatchability; it changes it. Um, yeah. If you focus on those human relationships between the, the family members and what they're enduring. Yeah, I was going to say that coming into this, it's all of it's. Uh, you just kind of summed it up perfectly, but it it has the veneer of a horror suspense movie, and that's that's what got asses in the seats back in '99. And, and again, like because mm-hmm. I always love to look at box office returns these days this uh this made 672 million dollars back in the day in, yeah in 99 in 99 that's that's unprecedented yeah. what was that, the top film of 19 because that was a huge box office year i believe that was the matrix oh um, yeah yeah there, there were a number of films i think maybe, maybe american beauty won best picture that year yeah. phantom menace Fant- yeah, yeah, you had yeah. Star Wars. Uh, you had God. Toy Story 2, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. That's the first one, right? I don't think that one was. Second one. Yeah. Oh, the second first one was uh, okay, 97. Then, then it was huge. 
then he was huge then right the second uh austin power was the, probably the biggest one matrix right. you have tarzan you have big daddy and the mummy damn that's a that's a huge that's a year good, that's yeah. a good year for movies <laughs> Uh, uh, Fight Fight Club was out too. Oh uh, man, ninety nine was on fire. It was a stacked year for Tar- Tarzan, film. the animated Tarzan. You got a uh, uh, Blair Witch Project. Wow, are you what? Really? Wow. I thought that was two thousand. Yeah. Nope, ninety nine. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Oh man, Amer- American Park, Pie. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. American got, Pie uh, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You got a uh, Inspector Gadget. That was a big one. Yeah. They, hey, look, I collected one. all those Inspector Gadget pieces in the McDonald's kids meal. Oh, and you did too. The, yeah. the, po- the Pokemon movie, the first Pokemon movie came out that Damn, year. That it made 83 millions. Another phenomenon. Million in the States. Patch Adams, Sleepy Hollow, Deep Blue Sea, American Beauty, Stuart Little, Blue Streak, Green Mile, Bowfinger. So a lot of... Damn, like, like what a year. Wow. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, Varsity Blues, You Got Mail, Stigmata, Life is Beautiful, Dos Bigelow, Mail, Gigolo. <laughs> that, that one's for me. You know what, though? It's <laughs> also <laughs> a very, very well-rounded year as far as genre goes because you have a significant chunk of blockbuster, action films, dramas, yeah. uh, foreign, cl- just everything across the board. Uh, it was at least firing at like a... Uh, B minus C plus level of, of filmmaking as opposed to many other years. Quite the year, ninety nine. Yeah, had a uh, oh what else? Uh, Bison Bicentennial man. Right, yeah, we and, look. Uh, all right, we get it. Hold on, Probably no, hold on, hold on. Fucked Mi- up in ninety nine. Mystery man, talented Mister Ripley, Dogma, Baby Geniuses. Oh my god, I rented that. Saving Private Ryan. Ryan was that year too. Private Ryan was uh, not Giant. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was ninety eight. Why it's making much money? Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're scraping. Yeah, we're we're good. A lot of people love to defend Galaxy Quest. They like a lot of Trekkies do. I don't have an opinion on it one Mupp- way or the other. What was it? The Muppets Muppet? from Space. Muppets from Space. That's right. I got told the- by my mother we were going to go see Muppets from Space, <laughs> and then she said, "Just kidding. We're going to go see The Haunting." And I was like, "The Haunting," but I've never seen a horror movie in the theater before. I'm scared, and I was. Wait, scared. that Haunting is good, right? Uh, John DeBont, uh, Spielberg. It was originally supposed to be a, a, a mashup between Stephen King and Steven Spielberg. And then they had a falling out or whatever. Spielberg produced it through Dreams, DreamWorks. I, I believe John DeBont uh, directed it. And then Stephen King had nothing to do with it. He went off and did Rose Red for television a couple of years later. Mm, so, okay. But I, I remember it being good at the time, critically panned. I think it was a hit, maybe. And I also remember Owen Wilson getting decapitated in that movie by wow by by, by something something falls from like the head says that on the ground. Wow, <laughs> oh, that was wow. really sharp. I am bodyless. Uh, but but to, to to go back a minute, it's like th- this is another example of the point I was making about signs. It's actually impressive that signs made actually quite a bit less money than this. But um, that just goes it's, to it's show. Still how- like- it's still like the second biggest movie of the year, though. Uh, and especially if you compare, like, Star Wars Episode One, you spent, what, like 20 years without anything Star Wars related in the theater, right? And then mm-hmm. you have Episode One, which is supposed to be huge, which it was. So it makes sense that that was the number one movie, at least uh, box office wise, 
But like the fact that Sixth Sense is bigger than Toy Story 2, The Matrix, Tarzan, Austin Powers, like that's huge. So get this, all right? I did my little math here, okay? And I did uh, the inflation calculator of of the gross of the Sixth Sense. 23 years ago, if it came out today, its box office equivalent would be over a billion dollars. It would be, what like, that's just... Yeah. Man, that's just unprecedented. That kind of, that kind of return. And uh, and and the the more interesting point about that is kind of like what Lorez was saying that when you when you take away the suspense and the horror veneer and whatnot, it really is just like a family drama about a single yeah. mom and, and her crazy kid. And uh, when you take out the dead Bruce Willis angle of of this family counselor who can't counsel his own mar- marriage, and like that's. That's the really fascinating part to take into all this. And then being like, this is a, by today's standards, it's a billion dollar movie. It, it, and it, it's another testament to how strong word of mouth was, say, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago, as opposed to now, the reflex is go to Rotten Tomatoes, see if it's a flop with critics, and then maybe go from there, which is why like, I've, I've tried to totally disband anything pretty much any critic says with the exception of maybe a couple, but um, it, it, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, I think it just shows that like word of mouth is stronger than any kind of apparatus we've, we've put into place in the years since. And, and this is, is well, I, one of the definitive testaments of that of the last like 20, 25 years. Well, I see that people became like a, like a cultural I got milk. Uh, was up. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> was that was also probably uh, Can you hear yeah. me now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like that became. I'll like, have you, what you she's having. Where, is where that is your final the, answer? It became the where? Where is the beef of '99? But uh, '99. But, I but feel like fact... a good chunk of all of those came out of 1999. '99 <laughs> was a very cataclysmic year. People were unsure. We thought we were all going to die from the millennium yeah. bug. Yeah, plans were going to fall out of the sky because of Y2K. Because people forgot to put yeah. in extra zeros. Or, or I was something. looking out from my window. I slept in the upstairs of my old house, and I'd look out at the window and just. You know, kind of look at satellites with a side eye and say, "Not today, satellite. You ain't falling on my house." No way. I remember uh, going on my Windows ninety five computer that I still had at the time, just being like, "Oh, you're not gonna work tomorrow," and then it did, and I was like, "Oh." Were you getting sad? Were you crying? Okay. Where it was like Toy Story <laughs> yeah. three, where you had to give yeah, up the toys? I was like fucking yeah, it was like the, yeah, I live in a third world country, having a computer in the nineties <laughs> was like what the. Fuck? It's gonna be like awesome. Aqua Teens when they throw something on the floor and it just goes up yeah. in flames. That's that was what was gonna happen to every computer. My my New Year's Eve in ninety nine was spent watching Eyes Wide Shut on HBO, understanding women horny. had pubic hair. That just no, just not even horny, just confused. <laughs> just why is why is that dark? Why is there a dark L- little low res like? Little toddler Lores popping in the VHS, just looking at all these, <laughs> all these perky titties. And yeah, because <laughs> I'm watching the sex cult scene, and I was very fortunate because all the adults went out of the room to go do whatever, like order Chinese food or something. And I'm just yeah, confused. you're like my dream. My dream is to own a custom house where my daughter is a slut that's just gonna fuck everyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was 99, that was a good year. Yeah. Great year for everybody. Worked out in the end. Uh, but The Sixth Sense, I think what I realized with this film, 
and what you've been saying as well, Jake, is I think that M. Night's strengths are always based in core emotional drama uh, between uh, two very well-acquainted characters, and in often times in his earlier films being family members. I think that is absolutely, unquestionably the strength of each one of those films. And when he gets further away from that, that's when you start to see a dip in his career. When he gets away from that and starts going into, I guess I'm the horror guy, I guess I'm the suspense guy, mm -hmm. that's when he Twist starts guy? to flop. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he tried to get back to it, which, which uh, would explain... How he how he's had the resurgence that he has and, and has largely kind of reamassed a good reputation. And I think most people now are just kind of back on like, okay, he's he's doing pretty good. Not everything's a home run, but he's 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 kind of back on the straight and narrow. He was trying to do that, but he's just doing it with kooky, silly ideas like uh, After Earth because it's all about the father son dynamic. That's what like drives it home. But it's just like cornball sci-fi uh, that maybe in like thirty years we can watch it as a B movie and like it. But, uh, but like, yeah, so he tried to get back to it, but this is definitely, uh, this is definitely what shows like his formative kind of style that, that, that works and that people always gravitate to. I think a big problem with something like after earth also is the fact that it's trying to go star first story second, because yeah. I I'm fairly certain that movie would have happened no matter what. I mean, he, he writes and directs everything. Or, or rather just uh, writes a, or maybe even does a touch-up on um, scripts that he winds up directing, I'm pretty sure, across the board. Because you had said that on an earlier show, and I looked into it, and it seemed like, oh, yeah, he actually did. He wrote things like After Earth, The, the Last Airbender, all these horrible movies that were so commercial yeah. and big and mainstream that probably would have happened with or without his involvement. He still got involved in the process to that degree. Uh, I feel like a movie like that happens just because Will Smith wants to go do a movie with his son. He just feels like having an action movie with his son after Pursuit of Happiness. Or maybe that was before. I have no idea. Or his um, son turned into a full-on twink just before before he goes off into the world and has sex with Tyler, the creator. Is that, <laughs> the word? Is that what, what people are yeah. saying? Is him and Tyler, the creator? Yeah. No, no, that, that that's what he yeah. said. But, what then, but like, you don't really need someone like Shyamalan then to direct their movie because the movie is just going to be about the relationship of father and son. So you can literally get anyone. Probably a work like for hire, someone. to be honest. And yeah, and exactly. Just, yeah, just took it for the paycheck, which I, I don't even hate on him for. Like, no, no, I, no, again, no. I, that was his, that that was really only like a four year stretch to me where he was just like, oh, OK, they want a, a last Airbender movie. OK, I'll do it. I've made enough, whatever, enough money. And so he just did it. But <laughs> just didn't work out for his reputation, but I'm sure he made tons of money. Well, he had the the visit, and that was in 2016, right? So it really starts with the, with the happening. 15, which I, I think, is, but yeah. Yeah, it, it starts with the happening, which I believe is 2008. Uh, mm -hmm. I might be wrong about that. So you have the happening, the last airbender, after Earth, that trifecta of movies, which takes the winds out of sails. And it is not until the visit where he has, you know, he's dealing with something that, uh, is probably uh, one of the more personal films that he's done uh, since that time of the happening. And that's really where people are like, oh, well, you know what? That wasn't too bad. That wasn't, I mean, you know, he, he got cut some slack for that one. And then Split isn't really, Split's not really a kind of uh, family or personal drama. It's a very internal conflict of that James McAvoy character trying to balance all his personalities. And then the girls he uh, he kidnaps, right? Especially that main girl. 
but it, it, it's obviously it has less of that Hollywood veneer that Airbender yeah. and After After Earth have, especially. I think After Earth is probably the most forgettable of his movies. Um, I've only seen like twenty minutes of it, and I was like, "Why am I? What's the point of me watching this? I, mm-hmm. I don't have to." Um, not yet. When we get to that episode, however, you better finish that movie. Uh, uh, You're not going to post on <laughs> the first 20 minutes. Well, I, I guess the most depressing thing is that this is such an interesting director in the beginning of his career, and then you you can tell where the point is, you know, when he starts getting the accolades of, like, the new, whatever, the new Kubrick or whatever he was getting. What was it? Spielberg. Spielberg. Was it Kubrick or was it Spielberg? The new Spielberg. Uh, and then there's, there's a point where... You got laid in the water of the happening last airbender after air earth that is just like, all right, well, if you think of any other director that didn't didn't have the track record of six cents unbreakable signs, that will be the end of them. You know, and why would you watch anything from this guy uh after four bombs, pretty much? I don't know if the I don't know if the village was a bomb, but laid in the water I think of the, did really well. the happening. Yeah, those four. I, I don't know how well they did, but I. But I mean, quality wise, they're kind of not great. So you would you would expect that any director that had four movies in a row that are kind of not, or that are kind of shitty, will be done. But then, I guess he's still living off the fact that uh, he's still the sixth sense in the science guy, you know. Uh, and that that maybe comes from me not being such a huge fan of him, but. Uh, yeah, that's those four movies are kind of like uh, I don't know. It's it's um, yeah, it, it's um, let's see. Oh yeah, technically it's like a seven year period where he just wasn't just wasn't pleasing audiences. But then he had like again the sleepers kind of in the middle, like Devil, which people generally kind of liked, and it and it did well in the box office, but like didn't really. I don't know, it didn't give anybody any like vindication. It was the visit that. Right. Started started everything, mm-hmm. so he's uh, like comeback. Hans, Hans right. what were you citing? Were you citing the village or Lady in the Water? Is the beginning of that drop off period? Lady in the Water, uh, because yeah, the village, definitely Lady. The village was a was a hit. Yeah, the village. Even though I think the 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 whole like I like everything up to the point where it's like oh the street is right there and you you're not able to hear cars or anything like that was kind of fucking stupid but before that I really enjoyed it uh but I know that that was a hit like that's still not seen as like a like a one of his movies that suck even though uh scary movies I think unfair one of it I I think a lot of yeah. people and I, we we said this before a lot of people were put off by the end or not even really the ending just the third act of that movie where it's revealed oh you're not actually in a village and it was looked at as try hard and maybe a little too easy uh, and yeah. invalidating a lot of what had come before, because people wanted to see what the deal with those monsters were. They were right. like, "Oh, we're well, dealing I, with something uh, a little more paranormal," I guess. Um, I, I also so. think the fact the fact that those scary mo- well, the scary movie what three made fun of it. I think um, I'm someone that never watched the Scream movies before scary movies, so that's ruined. So now if I try to, because I tried, I was like, there's a new, new Scream movie coming out. So I'm just going to watch the movies that I've never seen. And it was just too cringe. Like it was just too. Oh, you, you found uh, the old like Scream cringe? I couldn't get past the first one. I was kind of like, ah, uh, like every line. You got to watch with, like, with your uh, 1995 cap on. 
and understand right. that but, but everything I, now is shaped because of that. But yeah, I, I get it. I felt that but way I think that, about the, the the new Scream. I watched it. I was like, this it fucking sucks. I can't believe people are raving about this movie. I really did not enjoy it at all. And I thought it was a waste to kill off David Arquette, who's like the best part of that movie, who seems to... Look, right. he's kind of whatever in general, but he seems to be shaping up to be the best he's been in his career anyway, as far as performances go. What, after he almost got killed in a wrestling match? where they Maybe that's what it takes. Neck. Maybe you got to get a brain injury you see that? and become a different person. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they cut his neck and he almost died in a wrestling match. Uh, so I guess after that, he's like, maybe I should just go back to acting. Acting sounds sounds a little easier than getting, you know, barbed wire on your neck for for a fake reason. You know, like you're not even going to win. or Like, you know already. Um, you know who would have um, saved Shyamalan's second phase of his career? David Arquette. That's who. That's who we needed. Yeah, we had David Arquette happening instead of Wahlberg being kind of aloof and directionless. Let's have David Arquette with brain trauma, like he's gone full doofy from Scary Movie. Listen, David Arquette with brain trauma, being afraid of trees, would make more sense than Mark Wahlberg being like, "Oh no, look What's at this. going on. Look here? at the air. Huh? Is that air? Look at that air. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, what was the, what were we talking about here? Oh, the scream! You could not bring it back the to, scream yeah. movies. Yeah, I I couldn't just because of the like I was waiting for the guy to just say what's up after talking to Drew Barrymore, and that didn't happen. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was waiting for the you know <laughs> the the thing. So uh, you thought the Budweiser I, commercial I, was going to happen? That's what it was, yeah. right? Budweiser. Yeah, yeah I think the, so. Yeah, the Bud is a uh, the frogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was the point of that then? What, 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 why are so, you talking so about the, Scream? So the point of that was that uh, I, I couldn't take it uh, seriously, uh, the Scream franchises, because I, I was exposed to a, a different way of looking at it. So so if you watch Scary Movie 3, I think, or maybe 4, and they have that bit of the village where the guy like pulls up the thing and takes like a diarrhea shit or whatever, when I rewatched the village, I was like, when is the diarrhea scene comes? <laughs> like I was waiting for the diarrhea scene. I was like, Oh wait, hold on. I guess, I guess that wasn't the village. Uh, so it, it kind of took away a little bit of the seriousness of the movie supposed to have just because I was waiting. Hans, for have you ever seen uh, hot shots? It's like a, like one of the Mel Blanc movies, I think with, with Charlie Sheen. With yes. Yeah. 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 When yeah, he's yeah. soldier. Did, did you yeah, really think great. that in Rambo, they had like a bot? The count calculator in the corner of the yeah. screen. Yeah, and he <laughs> shot a turkey at a bunch of uh, Pekingese people. Yeah, a bunch of Malaysians. <laughs> Speaking of. Those two movies are great, Malaysian by the people. way. I, I watched them recently, the Hot Shot movies, and uh, it, it's a type of comedy that you don't find anywhere anymore. So it's kind of, yeah. Same as like Police Squad or like, uh, um, what's the other Les Nielsen? Uh, Naked, Naked Gun, Gun. Spy Naked Gun, yeah. Most underrated from that whole lineage of movies before we get back to Sixth Sense is um, Top Secret. Check out that one. That's the most underrated. Nobody talks about that one. I thought you were going to say Dracula Dead and Loving It. I love that one as a kid. That movie is great still, yeah. I think I have that on DVD. <laughs> yeah. And I had then, uh, a day, but, man. <laughs> was that uh, before Police Squad, the show? Or after? Because Police Squad is really funny. The show, too. I don't know. You've never seen the show. I think it's only I like six episodes. 
There's only six episodes because uh, back in the, I guess, 70s, it was more difficult to, I guess, have a show for longer than that. But mm. from episode one, it's like the exact same type of comedy that the Naked Gun movies have. So it's just, it's just like this is being great. I don't think there is anyway. room for parody films anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like meme culture and the yeah. internet wiped that out of the, the general viewer perspective where the only type of parody film you're probably going to get these days, and I don't even think they do these anymore, is when you would get, like, the direct-to-DVD, once Epic Movie and Date Movie. FDR, and those, American, American yeah, yeah, so, like, when you would get really poorly Photoshopped, po- yeah. like, he, the one I'm thinking of specifically has Brian Callen and a couple of other, like, C-list comedians, and it's the wow. 40-year-old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt super bad about oh, it. You want to type that in, just pull that cover up. I feel like that cover's synonymous with not even the date movie, epic movie, superhero movie, which got theatrical releases and somehow made it, their money back each time. A ton of money. Um, but tried to do that, couldn't do that, and got like a Miramax oh, DVD release. Oh, I Let's see. I really this. hate this. Go ahead. Let's take a look at this. I bet it's good. I bet it's. I bet it's pretty nice. I bet it's pretty funny. Let's we see. should watch a trailer to this. Yeah, the, there it is. Eh, that that could be worse. <laughs> it's bad, but I didn't even know that was Brandon. Oh, oh my god! Until just right now, you said that. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's 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 get out of the sewer here. Let's talk about a good movie <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> Too late. Oh boy. Okay. So, well, hold guys, on. What's I the name did... of this company? Hold on, let me play audio so you guys can enjoy it too. Mm, uh, this is this is thank no good. you for being so considerate, Hans. <laughs> We've strayed. Yeah, it's uh, the company's called uh, Silver Nitrate. Yeah. Okay. Great. Who thought it was a good idea to do a parody film oh. of a comedy, and like a good comedy at that? Well, shit, and and do the same the same jokes too. Do the exact same jokes, change nothing, not make fun of it really either, because it makes fun of itself. Also, how much do you think? Brian... How much do you think Brian, Brian Callen got paid to do this? <laughs> Mind you, he does like twenty eight dollar cameos right now. I was going to say, I Joe think Rogan. he, uh, I think he got. He got paid a tuna sub from a respectable shop in New York to do this. Because that, that's probably all they had. A tuna sub. I mean, I think a man, a man with his hairline, I think it's more believable than Steve Carell <laughs> that he's a you know, Actually, hold on. Hold on. Stay on that. Now go look at Joe Rogan circa, what was it, News Radio. They look the exact same. I think uh, I think there was an alliance there of like they're, they're good buddies too. They they well they were up until Joe Rogan acted like he didn't know him at all. Yep, same guy, same guy. <laughs> Look at that! That's disgusting. That uncanny. Once he got outed for his violent rapes, uh, Joe Rogan was like, "I don't know that guy." Crystalia, I don't know that. Yeah. This is so. This is this is like worse than like uh, uh, 
Les, what is it? Let's go Spartans or whatever the fuck oh, movie me, was. Me or Spartan. what's yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is worse because at least that got a theatrical release. It's the same joke. This is just super bad, but worse. You know. Let's see. Let's see how Meet the Spartans. That, did they actually the, get Doctor Phil? They probably did because probably. Scary Movie Four did. Yeah. That looks nothing like Chris Hansen, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. That really fucking physically that hurt. ruined my night. I <laughs> wish you didn't play that. Hey, hey, I I was trying to steer us back to the to the great films of a humble Indian man, but you you just had to go into the gutter of American trash in '09. <laughs> God, that was that was Hans. Can you pull up a photo of an Indian man right now just to clean the palate? Wow, that was really bad. That was worse than I expected. That it, it's. Honestly, I think the FDR American Badass trailer you pulled you pulled up a couple episodes ago, Hans, was much better. It's than better that. than it was. There we go. At least more. There we go. All right, now I feel more comfortable. I feel <laughs> like we're back on the right track. Look, he looks proud that we've taken it back to this this part of the conversation. Hold on, Hans. Look yeah. at on the left. There's that eye again. That's the fucking <laughs> eye I told you about. Wait, so Loris, Loris has a theory that if you get as as, as as you get older, one of your eyes starts failing, and then the other one just runs away from your face. So you have one eye that's like looking to the distance, and the other eye is kind of squinty. Uh, and we proved it with what was the actor's name? Uh, Takashi. First, it was th- we were trying to prove it with Choi Min Sik and Takashi, <laughs> but this is specifically with Asians. Asians, you notice it the most. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess geez, technically, why, Indian why is Asian. Be? <laughs> well, uh, we were uh, we if it first started off with the New York City shooter because he had one big yeah. eye and one little eye, and he looked like that in his his publicity photos when he was getting arrested. You know, uh, uh, you know who to put on the screen is uh, what's his name? Uh, Deep Deep uh, Patel. Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Deep Roy. <laughs> yeah, put Deep Roy on the screen. That that's much more forgiving. I think who you're, who you're a... thinking of is Dev Patel from The Last Airbender. Ooh, no, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking of down. Deep Roy, but I messed up his name. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it. Look at he's got it too. <laughs> Someone just flipped the image. It's usually yeah. the other eye, but he's got it too. There it is. When your eyes just decide to have its own their own personality, like both of them, so they just go in yeah. different directions. There it is. Yep. <laughs> We're all doomed. Can we hold on? Look at that photo of him from the eighties. He was looks he like handsome a handsome Australian actor. <laughs> Didn't he star no, in Mad he Max? Does not. No, he just has a mullet. He just recognizes his mullet, but he's not. Yeah. You think he tried to pass cool. himself off as like a normal sized actor <laughs> using that? Wow. Okay. Very, Is someone very throwing handsome. a Planet of the Apes character he did not play? With this this is some racist shit. This is. Are you sure he didn't racist. play that? He probably played that. Deep Roy and Oompa Loompa K-Hot. Wow, that was your language, huh? He was in The Grinch? 
Who do you play in The Grinch? Let me let me guess. <laughs> a little post office clerk. <laughs> a, little, yeah. a little fucking weird looking. Uh, he wasn't. We're looking for one too. He was drooping my cool in episode one. I remember drooping my cool. Wow, he was in yeah. the Ewok. He Return of the Ewok video movie. He played Yoda on episode. He, on play, he played a princess or his pet in Flash Gordon. He oh, played, he played a uh, Italian assassin in, what was that, Return of the Pink Panther? He definitely looks Italian to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Morris, yeah. right? He should have been Morris. in the sixth. He should have played a ghost. He should have played the ghost that's in that little lockbox or whatever. Haley yeah. Joel Osment gets trapped in because of that fucking asshole play the- kid. He should play the Misha Barton character that's getting... <laughs> oh, God, that would be terrifying. Could you imagine? It's like, oh, is it a girl my own age? Or no, it's a 55-year-old Indian man who's smaller than me. Oh, God. Who's dribbling puke out of his mouth. Just... Who should know that this is poison? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Have you felt? Have you ever felt the urge to just feed uh, Deep Roy soup until he dies? It's <laughs> a good Photoshop in the making. Just uh, anyway, have you guys seen that M Night's posting about his new movie he's got coming out? I think it's called, uh, and I might be fucking this up. Uh, knock on the cab. Uh, knock on the door of the cabin in the. I, I just I know, saw it sounds like the forty-one-year-old virgin who felt super bad about knocking up Sarah. Mar- it's kind of one of those horrible run-on titles. Or is it knock, knock at the, the knock at the cabin? That's oh, not well, there. maybe I just imagined that. Then I guess I don't know. It stars uh, Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. Which hey, hey, I'll, I'll give him a chance. Uh, he he he's well, you out also, of the You also have the worst character of um, Mind Hunter, which is that guy that played the in the Matrix who played uh, um, what's his name uh, Smith. Oh, that guy. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's the top. Bill. Was Rupert Rupert Grant was wrong? Oh, Jonathan Weasley, wasn't Groff, it? right? Yeah, yeah, Groff. Yeah, yeah. Ronan Weasley was Rupert Grant. Grant. Yeah, that's, that's what good. he's tried to create a career around, like him being a character actor, but nothing's stuck. Like, yeah. No, the only, I mean, I, you can make an argument Daniel Radcliffe has had, but he gets cast even, just because he's Daniel Radcliffe. So he'll yeah. always get a role tossed to him because of that. You but know, he hasn't know, really integrated well. It, in Shyamalan's next movie, Knock at the Cabin, I'm not worried about people like Rupert Grint or Jonathan Groff because you, you can watch a movie and, and kind of get into it because they're not distracting actors. They might not be like the best or they might not have star power per se. But you can watch a movie and just be okay. I can kind of believe he's this guy in this movie or whatever. Dave Bautista, no way, no. <laughs> this big swollen, just, loud just a, idiot, like just a muscly bald man just, that just know. constantly looks like he's constipated and acts like it too. The only instance I've seen tiny with ass those. glasses, like an idiot. In that, oh yeah. In that. Blade, Blade Runner. Runner movie. Oh, I was gonna say God. that's probably his best role because he's limited to four minutes. He shows up, he has some slugs, and then he dies. Like his, well, he played, everybody loves him for Guardians of the Galaxy because his direction was be retarded, and he's exactly. like, oh wow, a, I'm really good at that. Be a giant muscle man, and that's it. He's just a dumb, 
space muscle man that's perfect but uh yeah i uh that doesn't that that cast doesn't really inspire uh excitement for me but well, listen, the, I, I think the, you're just discriminating against Batista because he was a former wrestler, and you, you don't like that there are artists who become actors later in life, like Donnie Wahlberg in The Sixth Sense, yeah. who was part was of... Donnie... Actually, can we, can we bring a up that scene? Can, too, because we described it in the uh, in the Signs episode. Can we please watch that Wahlberg scene that is harrowing? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 okay, that is honestly like a creepy scene because he, he looks so like... Um, when I rewatched this um, a couple years ago, now I think I I was Wait, shocked. Holy by... shit! That was Donnie. I didn't even know that was Donnie. Yeah, no, that's, that's Donnie. He has hair. Like, well, yeah, because he's not wearing a hockey beanie for in like summertime, <laughs> like he always yeah. is now. Um, no, like I was shocked that was him because it's it's like he's like dainty and and like gross, and, like. It, I thought that might have been like CGI on him or something like that, but I have a feeling he just actually. Yeah, no, like, he just looks disgusting. Maybe he Christian was Bale and went into heroin machinist. or something at the time. I have no idea. But like, that he's is in a, a weird far, phase. Yeah, that's a far cry from his early '90s look, where he's like thuggish or whatever. And yeah, well, up. I mean, th- this is when uh, this is when Jim Carrey was dating his his main squeeze now, Jenny McCarthy. So I mean, he could have been a really depressed man. Yeah, he was just very sad during that time. wasn't eating much. Hans, <laughs> uh, so you got the clip. Yeah, I'm just pulling out from the movie that I got. Hold on, I try to find just a clip on YouTube, but it's there's they don't have it unless you have an intro from very annoying people. So let me just fast forward. Oh, here it is. Okay, hold on. Yep. <clears throat> like imagine what this is actually what you see when you walk into most like residences in the uh, in like the greater, uh, I'd say. Uh, like Rockport or Gloucester area in in Massachusetts, where we're good old Donnie's from. This is the kind of character you typically see. He looks very like gay well, like, guy dude, who what loves drugs. <laughs> yeah, I'd be looking like that too if I was Bruce Willis. <laughs> I came home and saw that. My God, that's see, Donnie looks... friggin' Wahlberg. That's so funny. What's... Jim? What looks like Jimmy Smiths? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> You know what I noticed here, too, is he's got a nipple ring. You can't really see it that well, but they couldn't have removed that before shooting the scene. Look at that. Uh, Hans can't even watch this. Look at it. He <laughs> ran off screen. <laughs> Hans got spooked. Hans is like, ooh, like twinkish wet white man. Ew. <laughs> It's a tidy whities The tidy whities do it for me. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, any 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 man of like roughly thirty that's wearing tidy whities is not a, is not a mentally stable man. Now, do you think he tried to do the Mark Wahlberg thing and stuff those before appearing in the scene? Someone said, "Hold on, Donnie, it's a different different vibe we're going for here." I don't know the what Mark Marky Mark thing. Yeah. Hans, I don't know. Why don't you pause and zoom in and see if he's stuffing there? You'd be the be the analyst. <laughs> Can we just zoom in for science? <laughs> I think it has to be the initial scene, though, right? Like the initial when he, because, oh, there it is. No, hold on. When, there. Okay. And, oh. Nah, hmm, I don't think he's stuffing. No, I think that's false. 
That's his balls. That's his penis. He's all balls, yeah. no cock. That's what the Wahlbergs are known for. Yeah, and then after that, then it's just... Man, everybody looks sad in this scene, huh? So he shoots him, then kills himself, right? That's yeah. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't help him, so then he really wants to help Haley Joel Osment so he doesn't get killed again. Yep, <clears throat> that's right. You know, you yeah. know what's um, actually pretty interesting. I didn't notice last time I watched it, and going back to it for tonight, I I had no idea that it was Tony Collette because she's way. Yes, she's way younger than that. Better she's not, looking. She's yeah. She's like she's hotter. pretty. <laughs> they make yeah. her kind of like a trashy twenty-eight-year-old, like teen mom kind of woman, growing up a little bit. Uh, she does a very good job in this movie. Also, just she knows, uh-huh. she's, she's she's great, and she's yeah. actually a terrific actress. But like her only direction the last I don't know five years has been like scowl. The, make that yeah, be a really old lady. Can you do be ugly? Yeah. Well, do that that's uh, the less. Invisible Man. It's just that for two hours, just her face, just yeah. She's not in that movie. Reacting that's, to things. That's Elizabeth her, Moss. That's a different. Her last genuine way. like non-derivative oh, wow. performance was ironically <laughs> Krampus. I, I am racist, I guess. Towards bland white women. Elizabeth Moss gets cast way too much, in my opinion. She she has the same gimmick every single time. Just an ugly bitch. Ugly fucked up teeth, bitch. Oh wow, she was good on Mad Men. Who cares? That show's been canceled for fucking years. God, get over it. I'm trying to push all these ugly bitches in fucking movies. Now, Tony Collette actually is a talented actress, in spite of her uh, visual difficulty in in what? most of these movies. Wait, I'm trying to figure out why did I think of Elizabeth Moss while thinking of because they have the same they got the Collette. same kind of look. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, she's just 16, 17 years younger. That's all. <laughs> no, she's 39. How old Australian is she? actress Elizabeth Moss, just like Australian actress Tony Collette. Oh, yeah, they are 10 years apart. There you go. Damn. How do you fucking. That's kind of weird that you know that. You know that. <laughs> it's the sixth sense, Hogs. My sixth sense is uh, right. autistic facts about uh, fives. Now. <laughs> they could do my thing was they could probably do a sequel to this movie but then my thinking was also well that would just be extremely similar to doctor sleep wouldn't it if you got and also Haley joel osmond probably doesn't look he doesn't look like a fit leading man we're, right we're now. on a roll so why, why don't we show everybody what he looks like now Go maybe he's Haley. lost some weight maybe he shaved his face hans can we just see Haley joel osmond 2021 because yeah. i doubt he's taken any photos this year <laughs> okay, twenty-one or twenty-two. Unless he has a, a like an Instagram no, account or something like that, which he probably has. Oh, I'm sure he does. You want to check out his Instagram, Hans? I'll check it out. He, he, I, I, I take it he's a very food posty kind of guy. Instagram. <laughs> it looks like his face is shrinking. Look at that bearded one on the far right here in the middle. Oh Weird. <laughs> it looks like someone. <laughs> oh man. Wait, uh, Haley Joel's. You... Wait, wait, look at that. He talks about Jurassic Park. Wait, did they Who's... put him in one? This he probably lost the role to um, one of those kids. So he 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 posted oh, lol. Joe, uh, you have dimension lol. You have dimension lol. Can't see. Can't see Bruce Willis. It's, all, it's a gray screen right now. Yeah, we, what? We, we couldn't see screen. it. What about now? Still a green screen. Oh, gray screen. what a hunk! 
Whoa, Haley's said, looking uh, good these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, he just made a post about him having dementia, I guess. But besides that, it's why? Because just... he met him once. Because he met the guy one time. Suddenly they're friends. Hey, is that Michael Douglas in the middle? It's his hero, Lores. It was his hero from for one movie. You know. Anyway, it's been difficult to find the right word, so I punched in all this on Instagram where, like, you can't skip lines and it can only be walls of text. Whoa. Now, what a little the, fella. Harry that makes Potter, them look the really Harry small. Potter twins. Yeah. It, yeah. The Harry Potter twins. It makes them look very tall, but he's actually, I think, like 5'5 five, five or something in real life. A lot of these child actors don't wind up growing. Like uh, Frankie Muniz? Is that yeah, Alan? he's an example. I think they do at least the at cast. least Frankie became a race car driver. That's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool second life. Hey, did he just become came... a... yeah, he I did. thought he was in a band or something. No, he was a race car driver, and I think he he um... he knocked himself silly, so he had to he had to he had to retire. <laughs> he crashed. McLovin has a has a band. McLovin has a an indie rock band that sounds exactly like you would imagine it would sound like. Very very bad california garage band rock from 06 yeah, yeah that's, that's he was he went to some Did club you know? in 2014 i want to say or 2015 i knew a girl who had gone to the same club with him got a picture with him and he was trying very way too hard for somebody who was in super bad trying way too hard to hook up with this girl and go home with her at the end of the night and then did not so he spent many hours <sighs> and probably some money on drinks and got nowhere from it as McLovin. Well, what do you think? What is his career right now? He did role yeah. models after that and then kick-ass yeah. movies, and that was about it. That was the end of him. Preserve Mince Glass. Yeah. Haley's very good in this um, movie. Haley Joel Osment is, yeah. is terrific oh, in this yeah. film. Well, especially especially because kids act, kid actors are usually kind of not yeah. great. But he has a lot what of What did he do after this besides secondhand lines? He just kind of disappeared once he, well, he did, became a teenager. He did the, and, the Android movie. What's it called? The Kubrick one? Oh, uh, AI. Yeah, no, he did AI, AI. two years AI. after with, with Spielberg. Uh, and that was obviously produced by Kubrick. Yeah, and he's great in that, too, uh, playing mm -hmm. a more yeah. sinister version of, of his usual self. But then he does secondhand lines, I think, in 2002, 2003 with Michael Caine. And then his career evaporates until Kevin Smith decides to put him in Tusk. Tusk is his big return to the spotlight. Let's see. He was in uh, Paid Forward, that Julia Roberts movie. Kevin Spacey uh, movie. AI. And then... What? No, Julia Roberts wasn't in Paid Forward. That was Helen Hunt. Yep, more racism by uh, Hans. 90s sure, white lady. Replaceable '90s white lady. Uh, <laughs> he was Mowgli, Mowgli in the Jungle Book too. That's cool. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Besides that, uh, he did uh, Tusk, and then after that, he did uh, Yoga Hosers. He did Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 remix, which is a game. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he did, I, that's uh, good for him. The Kingdom Hearts is pretty good. Uh, an episode of Drunk History, Jugger Hoshers, uh -oh. and then a movie called Almost Friends. He was in a bunch of comedy Bang Bang episodes. A movie called Not uh, Good. Easy Gets the Fuck Across Town. So when Kevin Silicon Smith Valley. got got 
tired and his career fell back off. That's when by tired you mean keeled over. Yeah, when he had a literal heart attack. That was the end for Haley. Well, that's unfortunate. I'd like to see Haley come back one more time if he can drop the pounds. Hey, maybe he can do six cents. He's too. in Ag- he's in Aquafina's Nora from Queens. He's show. only thirty four years one old. Episode. Wow, he's younger than you, Hans. Yeah. Which that threshold is, is like forty five and under. That's not wait, saying much. Sora's, isn't Sora the main character of King? So he plays the voice of the main character of Kingdom Hearts. That's that's like his. So character. all right, then those vocals were probably captured back in two thousand three when the when it yeah, was originally done. It's probably nothing new. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. what did you guys? Hey, what was the whole deal with the red? In this movie, because I remember after the fact, they were like, well, you know, the big telltale sign that he's been dead all along. What rhymes with dead is red and that colors everywhere. Bruce Willis goes. So you got to think about that when you watch the movie. I don't know, but I, I was looking into it. And uh, yeah, so this is part of that partnership we were talking about in uh, Shyamalan's earlier movies that it was kind of like this, uh, let's say, synergy between. He, uh, Tak Fujimoto, who DP'd like a few of his movies, and then James Newton Howard on soundtrack. So this was, I think, the first one to do that. But it was what set up that little, that little groove he kind of had for like the first what probably three or four years. And so it, what I do like about what he's done since then is he hasn't had the same team. Like I don't know if he's had Newton Howard anytime lately what he does is he does specifically try to catch that design because um, it's hard to describe it but the sixth sense obviously is where it started and you, you see an un, um, unbreakable and then obviously in signs but just in a totally different setting whereas the first two are in that philly setting that very kind of uh i don't want to say romanticized but very uh i don't know that, that, that very kind of glinty philadelphia look and then he goes off and he does it out in pennsylvania and then adds the, those stringy soundtracks from howard and whatnot but um i don't know it's it was it's just pretty cool and i like he's tried to recapture that kind of image since he has gone back into again kind of the whole philadelphia scene with split and glass like and i think it goes to show that he at least while he doesn't have that team anymore, he does have a distinct kind of vision as to how he wants his movies to look and feel and sound. Now, not all of those have come up like that in your sense. Like, obviously, old is on the island, so you can't really do that. And um, But we'll see. But, um, like again, going back and watching, you do see that distinct design have its birth here that, that became so patented by, like, definitely by the village which is like what you you would come to expect. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, there's certainly a texture that's developed by the time he gets into this film. What? Um, But hold on. Sorry. Something is throwing me off right now. Uh, Something just popped up in one of my tabs uh, because I was trying to write a thing on the... We have a premiere going right now. I'm not a schizophrenic hearing voices in my head. Uh, We have a premiere going right now uh, as we're recording this of the episode we recorded on X, which you were supposed to be on, Jake. 
Now, I do want to get your thoughts on that movie before uh, we hang up the show tonight. And I was just putting out one of those typical chat prompts. Hey, if you're watching the show live, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And then I forgot that I had that open. And Hans's voice started coming into my ear, and Hans's mouth was not moving. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? I'm losing my mind. Sack. Uh, either my internet's going or my, my brain is or, malfunctioning. Or, okay, so, so slight mean, caveat to what I was just to, saying before yeah. you go down that about, like, the texture. Really cool thing here is, um, so Shyamalan did have that kind of texture that he set up with Sixth Sense, and then he had it with Signs. That's with uh, Fujimoto being uh, DP and Howard as uh, as composer. Howard was there for, like, the first five or, like, four of his movies. Um, but Fujimoto stepped out in between Six Sense and Science. So he didn't do Unbreakable, but even cooler that I had no idea. And it's because it's been a little while since I've watched it. Roger Deakins DP'd The Village, which yeah. explains a lot and why that movie looks so freaking good. So that's cool. I had no idea. And um, when I get around to rewatching it, I'm going to be excited to to check it out from with that in mind. Yeah, with the village, I definitely, uh, you know, I I watched that around the time that we had originally checked out uh, Signs and Unbreakable to do that show, and it visually looks great. And uh, moreover, the music in that is some of the best in any of M Night's films. Yeah, I I, I would say that um, that texture period begins right here because, I mean, have either of you guys seen those first two movies? I I currently have a download going of his second film that has Rosie O'Donnell in it. Um, and I'm very curious to see what that's like, to see him handle uh, a more commercial vehicle that he did write and direct also, um, but that has no horror element or nothing that we can recognize from from M. Night. Uh, but I'm also especially curious to check out that first feature, which I believe is just called uh, Praying with Anger. And he stars in it, he wrote it, he directed it. I think he might have even done like music or something, something else. Maybe he just produced it, I don't know. Uh, and and getting a, a an idea of what even that was like. Uh, I mean, I'd like to check them out just for just for curiosity's sake, or maybe put them in a season of like dissecting cinema when I start rolling that out. That'd be cool. So uh, no, but I did, did so you haven't seen them, but I would I would probably assume you're not going to see that that design that early because it was obviously he got because people people perceive the sixth sense to be his first movie but it really isn't they gave they gave him a 40 million dollar budget in 99 which is that's a whopper of that's a big budget today that's a whopper of a budget back in 99 for what's what really is when you when you go past the veneer of a family drama Mm -hmm. that's like an 80 million family dollar family drama today Absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's pretty common, especially with 20th century directors, that they don't really get cooking until their third movie. That was the case with Kubrick. You could probably make that argument with somebody like Spielberg. A lot of these directors, what, what is looked at as their first film is usually just like their first movie with any sort of distinguishable auteur traits. And that's certainly the case here with M. Night. You were making a point, though before i interjected there oh no yeah i was hoping hans would say something but there he is chugging <laughs> his hans, yeah well, you just decided to go on cruise control and enjoy some some uh I'm what are you watching like that your, that knock nice parody? clear liquid 
Hans is making me want to go down to the go down to the old package store and get a six pack like a, like a like a true American man. What are, what's what are we drinking tonight? This is water. Uh-huh. That's right. I used that same excuse in high school, too. Oh, yeah. See? No, I was Isn't that why I fired Paula Abdul? Because she would bring a water bottle to the set of American Idol and actually be full of <laughs> vodka. Just vodka. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I drank on the last episode a little bit, but no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I just got distracted. No, I, I was going to say. Uh, Shyamalan shit that I was looking at here. I was going to say, I definitely credit. It, it's definitely a design, I think, on his part, because, again, if you go to his later movies, especially split he picks it right back up and that's what i love actually when we talk about those i'll get into that more but like that's actually why i still really like those two as well like split and glass because it's almost like no time has passed to where even though obviously it's 20 years later um these films have the same design and and it's pulled off so subtly which i love like which is which is why i consider myself a fan of Shyamalan like he like he at the end of the day he is uh, an astute filmmaker who just makes silly choices once in a while um and yeah I think the sixth sense this happens because he had all the financial means to do it to make it look great so hire a guy like Fujimoto who was uh, actually a journeyman in the industry by that point like all the way back to the early 70s um I think Fujimoto actually helped he, I think he was like uh, assistant camera on the first Star Wars movie. So like, like there you go. There's, yeah, there, there's context for there. And then James Newton Howard needing no introduction, even 23 years ago, let alone now. But uh, so having that to kind of craft your atmosphere for your movies and, and your world for your movies is something that, I mean, just reading on Wikipedia, it's it's the critics really love that part i mean i don't remember what siskel and f and ebert said 23 years ago about this because i was too busy watching the parodies of them on animaniacs but uh yeah <laughs> but it is on the, the muppets uh but it, it is yeah. true what you're saying though that he is uh i don't think anyone has a problem with his style or his way of making movies other than sometimes the twists that the story takes or like the the decisions that the characters do or uh, are kind of uh, kind of questionable, uh, but when it comes to the visual style or the, the the directing of it, the performances, I don't think anyone can complain about what he's able to get out of these actors because, uh, well, he got the best performance you could get from Little Haley, right? Which actually made his career. Without that, he wouldn't be. I mean, he's not, he's not much in the industry now. I don't want to say, you know, he, everyone recognizes him other than the kid from Sixth Sense, but exactly like the, the kid from Sixth Sense is able to carry him up to now where he's almost 30 and he also almost has a career pretty much because of that. Uh, so he always gets really good performances from the actors, uh, ignoring uh, The Last Airbender. I don't know if we're actually going to do an episode on that, but that was... <laughs> That was, oof, he, that was he, he has of... Academy Award nominee <laughs> Dev Patel in that one, I think. So yeah, that one was kind of rough. But besides, Hans, that one, are you a uh, weed? Did, did you like la- no. the last Airbender anime? Oh no, no, not at all. I, I, the anime I watched was because that was was what was playing when I was a, a boy here. So like Dragon Ball, 
uh, Knights of the Zodiac. You just uh, like Captain Dragon Ball, Tsubasa, Ball for all, the, like all those big, those all those big knockers they put in every episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and how the Master Roshi would get a nosebleed every time uh, he would get horny. That was good. Uh, no, but, but no, I've never, I'm like, I've never been into anime or anything. So that's like a different, yeah, uh, thing. But I feel like Shyamalan's uh, filmmaking has. Uh, more to do with uh, or at least the complaints that people has about his movies is that um, sometimes the twists uh, feel like he's just doing a twist because people expect him to do a twist but I don't know if it works all the time but when it comes to Sixth Sense I feel like it's probably his best uh, well-rounded movie where it works from beginning to end uh, and uh, even though you know the at least personally the experience wasn't as good as when i watched it for the first time uh it's still like i don't think i have any complaints when it comes to the filmmaking or the performances in the movie you know like if i didn't know the twist then this would just be like an enjoyable thriller and uh at the end of the day i feel like that's what ends up being especially if you don't know that bruce willis is you know totally for my taste it it, it, um i think I think you were saying a lot of like interesting things there. And just um, when you account for once, you know what the twist is, it's not that it makes the movie worse. Cause we've already established that we've already established. It's like a really solid kind of family yeah. melodrama it, underneath the, the thriller horror veneer and whatnot. But, but what it does is it makes it almost solely that when yeah. you're watching it. So, so that's, that's how you watch it from now. On. And so you're, you're watching it, for the melodrama and everything, which is, which is fine because it's good. But my opinion is that um, signs is the better, the better version of that. Because when you look past the alien component, which is obviously way more prevalent and, it, and it's, there's not really a twist there besides the water thing, which like, I, I just don't consider a twist. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I think it's, driven home better and it's probably largely because of mel gibson mel gibson's performance in in signs i think that makes that the, you can argue which one is the better movie i think signs is the more rewatchable movie when you when you get down to those elements um and i mean you, you could probably bring uh unbreakable into this discussion but i think I think those two are just a, a just a lick strong, uh, stronger as movies overall than the Unbreakable, which I like a lot. But um, I think I think Science is the one with the most most rewatch value. It's it's just that with the Sixth Sense, once that's gone, the, the okay. cultural phenom part is gone. It's you have to assess like the rewatch value of just that story, and it's and it's done so astutely by everybody, especially the actors. But it. it it kind of brings you down, <laughs> especially the like the last scene between Tony Collette and Haley Joel Osment, like him telling the story of the of the grandmother and and everything, and and them just like breaking down. It's like, oh yeah, it's heartwarming, but like you're still sad, like you're not yeah. walking away from that. Like, like you might feel a little uplifted, but I don't know. It doesn't feel as good as like I, Mel Gibson telling his brother to beat something to death with a bag do you guys think that the the twist in the sixth sense is the best twist ending of all time for movies oh oh, fuck uh it's it's certainly the most publicized 
uh, twist ending, I would say, in the history of movies. I'm, I'm sure there's probably some instances that came twist before. Ending. Yeah. Twist ending? Hey, I'll, I'll just go out on Lynn. I'll say yeah. Yeah, it's definitely up there. I can't even think of anything that... Because so nothing... about Empire Strikes Back? It's... it's mm... What, the father thing? Yeah. Yeah. Know. But it's God, not really... I, mm. I never cared. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a twist. That's, well, that's not really the question, is if you care about the twist yeah. ending or not. Because yeah. who gives a shit, especially at this point? Right. Yeah. I just... It, yeah. I don't consider it a twist ending. Because it's like... Uh, yeah, he tells him that, but he falls down the chute and he's dangling around on, on the bottom of the of, of the aircraft. But like, it, it's not like a gut punch that hits you out on the on the watching the film. It, it's not like a gut punch that like you walk out and you think, "Wow, I can't believe that that happened." Well, I think it was also, at the time. I think no, that at the did. at the time, yeah, at the time, that yes. Was... But I, I don't think the ending. It's not associated as much with the ending. I think as just a central story twist. Right. I think that's in retrospect, say, because, it's like, become so mainlined that that's just part of it. Because right. we've had so much Star Wars everything since then that, yeah, it does uh, kind of nullify that twist ending. Uh, but I, I, if you're looking at it purely from the perspective of late 20th century, I think that's in the conversation for certain. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that uh, people watch Return of the Jedi kind of ruins that. Because when I... When I first watched the original uh, trilogy, it was like the 2000s, I think, or like late 90s. So Did you see the remastered that, George Lucas uh, yeah. cuts that he put out in theaters and then on VHS? Yeah, that's what I saw, too. That's when I saw them. So mm-hmm. so for me, that that uh, um, it, it doesn't hit as hard as like a like a sixth sense that I watched for the first time, you know, uh, don't really expect any of it by the time that i watched the star wars movies the the first three were already out so the impact of him being his father it's also like a pop culture thing where everyone knows that darth vader is his dad so like by the time that you watch it or at least that i watched it it was kind of like well yeah that's we know but it's dad, it's so it but now it's impactful. the same for the sixth sense i i think the way yeah. i would i the way i gauge it is um okay it's empire strikes back is 1980 and then you've got six cents 99 so lots of differences in that 19-year difference, but similar enough in, I think, social paradigms and like in word of mouth and, and how media is consumed back then, way, way more similar than it would be now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you, you can measure those better in, in a similar context than you could. I, I don't know. There's got to be something with a twist ending recently from the last few years but like you you could gauge those two way easier than you could gauge six cents to something say even within the last five years because well, it's what, totally different what do we got lately as far as twist endings that have been uh, highly analyzed and talked about mm. um. okay so i'm pulling up uh there's a harper's bazaar article saying that uh oh, my favorite a parasite um they in, infiltrate the rich house that doesn't that's not an ending though the ending is when they disrupt the barbecue of the party or whatever and kill the husband of the family that's not the the guy living in the basement is hardly the end that's a third act 
Yeah. The, and also, it's uh, not that twisty. It's like, all right, well, so all right, there's another person accounted for, I guess. Oh, Friday, God. Friday thirteen, when Jason comes out of the lake. That's that's. A, I was going to say some, something of a something of a similar one that maybe that doesn't have the same effect, but like similar time period was Memento, when you right you find out he, he's just completely kind of made everything thing up on the fly he, and like he just like he, killed her later yeah 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 oh uh, oh the others the others is a really good one the others you know, is a... overlooked quite quite frequently these days but back then that was a that was a pretty big twist it's great yeah um saw how about how about saw. oh god uh saw. but see those yeah, are all saw... Uh, but Those you are would... all in that same time period, though, where yeah. studios were trying to devise these third act twists to, to kind of get people walking out of the theater, scratching mm-hmm. their heads or whatnot. It's how hard about... to say what's been in the last few years. How about the Bob Newhart show? <laughs> it's a I brushed up on like it a... lately. <laughs> where he, on, uh, he wakes up in his bed. Yeah. Oh, St. Elsewhere. There you go. That's another one, too. Oh, they're in a snow globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the twist yeah. on the Bob yeah. Newhart show, and it might not have been the Bob; it might have been his sitcom he did after. Was that he wakes up in the bed with his wife from the previous sitcom he did, and it was like, oh, that was all a dream. So then it, anyway, that sucks. That's terrible. <laughs> that would be like, all right, think about Kevin can wait. All right, now what if at the end of Kevin think can about... wait, he woke up? No, 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 no. Think about Breaking Bad uh-huh. and. The the last episode that's two hours long, ninety minutes in, he just wakes up and he's like, "Oh, Skyler, I had a bad dream." <laughs> well, just, no, what they did, what they did. I think so. they might have put it on the on the DVD extras of the last season of Breaking Bad. Was they filmed a twist where he wakes up as as Hal from Malcolm in the Middle, and it like and and they did they did this and and, and he's, he's like, oh. It. I was dealing drugs and I was always in my underwear. And, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you been keeping yeah, up on yeah, Better that's... Call Saul, by the way? Oh, yeah. I just watched the first two episodes. It's so freaking good. It's um, it's unparalleled TV, unparalleled writing. It's I don't want that universe to end. It's I, I just hope Vince Gilligan pulls something out of his rear to just keep it going for another six seasons because this last season right yeah yeah, of this show but he could he could probably conjure up some crazy spinoff of like one of the characters not not in a flashback because i think that would be too difficult with everybody's ages but yeah everybody looks 60 years old i i I didn't watch the last season and then i was like oh yeah a better call saw is back and i just tuned it into the first episode of season six i was like wow everybody is old now I feel uh, like every every time he's tried to step away from the Breaking Bad universe, it's failed. What do you do? Let me see. There, there was that one show. Hold on. Uh, there was one show that I remember that he was. He, I think he produced uh, a couple things, but he he didn't really show run anything himself. Yeah, Battle Creek was a show that I think he did with. Uh, I vaguely remember that. Josh Duhamel and Dean Winters. That was the show he wrote. Well, that was the first mistake uh, is working with Josh Duhamel, who who's like yeah. the Taylor Kitsch of everything of television. But then, uh, then after that, he was like, "Well, I guess we'll go back to El Camino," which sucks. By the way, I hated, I hated El Camino so much when it 
came out because oh, I was like, I'm on. expecting so much. I'm expecting so much from it because it was <laughs> what? How many? How many years? Uh, Six, Six years, years seven yeah. years after the move, after the series ended, and then it was just like, a, "Oh, cool! It's just an an episode of Breaking Bad where nothing happens." <laughs> Great, thanks a lot for adding nothing to the story. Uh, Better Call Saul. I'm on. I think I'm on episode on season three. I just I haven't. Sat, it's really good. I just haven't sat down. Oh, to it's yeah. So, it's, oh man, it's thing. it's so everything good. I've yeah. seen has been as good, if not better than at yeah. least early breaking bad i think it's definitely up there in the conversation of being equally as is good oh just keep going it, it it's it's so the the storytelling and the world building is it's so rich the the uh, the writing is so sharp it's like just spoiled you feel spoiled watching it because of how it, like just how good it is it's also such a perfect character for bob odenkirk to play you know where you could, you couldn't find someone better to play that shady kind of, uh, uh, I guess, kind of a kind of a loser, but pretending he's not a uh, character that is just kind of uh, doing a lot of deals under the table. I feel like his his performance brings a lot to it because you're, I guess, you were expecting what. Oh, fucking Hans, I'll, I'll give you him. some notes because uh, I thought about this when I was when I was watching the the new two episodes they just dropped of season six. So there's yeah. there's a lot of scenes that took place in Mexico in these first two episodes, and I paid attention, and I think it was a criticism you had. I think they actually brushed up whoever writes their Spanish dialogue. I think they like adjusted it so it doesn't sound like you opened up a dictionary and just said right. all the words in a row. <laughs> <laughs> It's not uh Sala Biblioteca for every character. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it's way it, it sounds way more um dialectic. Normal. Be- because right. they're using they're using a lot of actual native Mexican actors, not like Giancarlo Esposito, who's black and Italian. Like uh, Yeah, who's not even Puerto Rican. Yeah. He's not even the most whitewashed Hispanic you can have, which yeah. is Puerto Rican. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominican um, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so like I, the, the Spanish is way more seamless and just not like yeah. Ooh, dictionary. How do you say I? Oh, yo. Right. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been pretty, pretty awesome. Now, one of the last episodes we just did, as I said before, was on the Ty West movie X. Now, all three of us are are what I would consider Ty West enthusiasts. Uh, you were supposed to be on that episode with us, with, with Jerry. I still wanted to get your take on that film because I watched it and I was kind of, I was pretty disappointed with it. I thought there I was some it. I thought it was A24's good best release. But I loved it. A24's, A24's best release? A24's oh, wow. best, because I, I say that with the predisposition that nobody loves A24 more than A24. And... <laughs> It was nice to just see an exploitation movie that was that was all about just guts and fun and uh, and just kind of like cool seventies iconography and imagery and whatnot. And actually, some really I, I really enjoyed some of the cinematography there. They lifted some shots uh, right out of Texas Chainsaw, like one one in particular I remember of uh, the van going down the road, and you see it through the weeds and the tall grass and stuff like that like taken right out of tcm i liked it a lot because i didn't when i saw the trailer for it i didn't think oh this is like house of the devil ty west where he's going real 
he's going real quiet and, and slow building. I was like, no, this is this is Ty West making a fun '70s exploitation movie, and uh, and I liked it. And that animatronic alligator they had was sweet. That was a real real built creature, so that was cool too. Um, so I had a lot of fun with it. I yeah, it, it was just a reasonably budgeted exploitation movie with kid cutty and and it was fun for that reason hmm. and the guy from evil dead the remake oh yeah that was a big point of uh griping hans had is that they took <laughs> like the same exact type of guy from the evil dead remake and i don't even like their movie. evil dead remake but he looks exactly like the guy with glasses like the he dorky does. guy with glasses the director I like you the old remake. I know you're not because you um, you're Bruce Campbell. I want Bruce. I, yeah, he, which he's in no that. Bruce, but, no evil that. Yeah, no, no he's in he's that. Not. No, he's in no, it. He's, yeah, no, it's, it's at Campbell. the end where he's like groovy or whatever. <laughs> they put the him in front of a green like, screen. Yeah, and did <laughs> yeah, it's just car. like great. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, for me, That's I felt bad. like it was too close to House of the Devil. Ty West. I thought, all right, he's going back six steps. I wanted to see what the next evolution of Ty West was going to be after in a Valley of Violence, which I think is a very underrated Western. Uh, so it, it didn't really do it for me, although I enjoyed the old woman prosthetics and, and a lot of the practical effects that they did employ. And then, uh, Hans, you kind of came came up, what, like four out of ten on, on X? You're <clears> me. <throat> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I just didn't have that much fun with it. I thought he didn't go... I was, I guess, I was expecting Ty West to be more ruthless with the violence and with the way that everything was done, and uh, I feel like he has a tint of that '70s like uh, exploitation type of movie, but it didn't go far enough uh, to be a '70s exploitation movie, you know. So it's like we get hints of it, but then it doesn't, it doesn't get dirty enough, it doesn't get violent enough uh, for me to like. Uh, excuse every other issue that I have with it by just saying it's a exploitation movie, you know. I don't know. I, I just found myself uh, hooked into the scenery and whatnot, and like uh, I, I like it that how it actually. Un, uh, here we go. I like how it actually, as opposed to the new Texas Chainsaw they did, they filmed this one in Australia uh, and they still made it look like it looks Texas. better. Not, it looks so I much had no better. Idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not effing bulgaria oh yeah bulgaria look like texas oh yes like look at this street and we're only gonna shoot in this street because that's all we got in fucking bulgaria oh, oh, look, right. oh, look, oh, look, oh, look field of dandelion it's texas like oh come on hey, the texas a, chainsaw a... massacre it looked like the set of bonanza or any 1950s 1960s western where it's just all right we got one long strip here and yeah. that's the movie yeah uh, no, so I, I just, I think it was really because the trailer to X didn't excite me all that much. So when I saw the movie, I had pretty low expectations and I just ended up liking it a lot because I thought it was fun, kind of goofy, um, plenty of like guts in it and whatnot. And I, yeah, I just, and I just thought it was done uh, with a good sense of homage because that's really what it is. And I wanted to see something because when, when I was watching becoming a fan of Ty West, like over the years, um, he was doing a lot of real quiet atmospheric type horror movies at first, which, which were great. Like house of the devil. I love that was the first one I saw by him. 
Um, and then the innkeepers was pretty solid. Then he's got, um, I think, I think he did the sacrament. I'm pretty sure yep. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is, which is a, a totally different thing, which is pretty good as well. Uh, then he got into TV and then did Valley of Violence. But, so I wanted to see something that, I don't know, I guess I, I wasn't going to feel like the, um, like he was just kind of going back to, to what he started with. And this, to me, it, it, it did feel different uh, just because of the, I think, irreverent style of humor and whatnot. And then just something with like a, a little bit more guts because in House of the Devil, we just got Greta Gerwig's head exploding which is great but uh so yeah i mean that's what i liked about it and i had a lot of fun with it and he shot two of these movies back to back so that's pretty cool uh, which is going to be really interesting to see how that next one goes because he shot it as an old like 1918 period piece but it's gonna i it's gonna go dark or something like that and well you saw the, you saw this in theaters right so you got the trailer to pearl now yeah. I watched it on uh, streaming. I did not get the trailer to Pearl, so I have no idea what that looks like. So, what, what what did you get from what you saw there? It seems like it's going to be almost like a black comedy, like a really black comedy that shows the the character's origin on that farm sixty years before. And yeah, I I, I don't know it, it, that. Who knows? That might be the one that that really shows a, a new distinct path for Ty West from his previous work than this one, because it's, it, it's really hard to tell. Cause it was really like a teaser trailer, but it's, it's just showing. Was it like grindhouse where you got uh kind of what felt like a movie in a movie or is it much shorter and just. Oh yeah. Much shorter. Yeah. Really just a, a preview and, and gave it kind of like this, um, like faux vaudeville type aesthetic because it's 1918 and everything. And um, so it, that could be a really unique one. It just looks like it's going to be this kind of like dark black comedy with a lot of like death in it and whatnot, which who knows could be really cool. But I go back to my original point. Uh, A24, a bunch of, bunch of big twink sissies. And I, I think uh-huh. they mistakenly, mistakenly let out this movie because it's Ty West and he felt like doing it. Um, there, I, and the, I, I'm like one of the few right now, like I talked to one of my other buddies and he hated X and you guys are kind of like, eh, like whatever, not yeah. really. I don't know. I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. And I think a 24 uh, lucked out with that, to be honest, I think. You know, you're bad mouth in the company that put out Tusk, I'll have you know. <laughs> Haley Joel Osment classic. Okay, that that's that's true. That was uh I don't even know how they got that one. That's uh Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, uh given Kevin Smith. Look, I that's maybe my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I enjoy that quite a bit as a horror oh. movie. Yeah, wow. don't move for that. It's listen, that's, that's I actually that's like such that an one. easy yeah, that's an easy shot to make against. I like Tusk, it because but. of how and viciously bizarre it is yeah. it knows how crazy it is that's the point she's just she just missed justin long just say that 
Just I, 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 I miss Justin Long. <laughs> what, I would, what is, I would, does I would, anyone miss Justin Long? No, 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 hold on a second. I, I would piss on Justin Long if he was on fire. Like, Jesus. I miss Justin Long. Oh, yeah, yeah. He really, he really won me over in Jeepers Creepers. You yeah, yeah. miss the Mac guy. You say that you miss the Mac guy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a PC guy. Who, who, who oh, is the PC man. in those commercials? With? That was uh, John, John Hobbs. John Hodge. Hobbs. Hopkins, he's got a trans kid or something. He got into a a dispute or something on Twitter because he was like, yeah, I give my three-year-old puberty blockers, so what of it? (laughs) That's great. That's what he's known for these days. John Hodgman? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he stinks. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, best best movie, A24, is decided to release. That's That's a big statement to make it's it's a big statement to make and it, it, it is exactly a big it it's it's a it's a refutation of their their, their sense of self-importance am i 100 percent serious with that statement no am i half serious kind of <laughs> you don't know if you're serious you'll find out if you're serious in like a month. no no i i i i'm serious that do you think they're you think lucky that, that they released such a movie because i do you think they're that... stupid art house crap the act is already old it's been old for five years and they keep doing it and it's yeah they, they post the cringiest crap on instagram like oh my god it's it's you don't want to like buy a 82 dollar beach towel with the a24 logo on it is, is what you're saying <laughs> i'd use the piss on fire analogy again but i already used it on justin long so <laughs> uh no yeah it's it's even even big studio studio movies or whatever like like the worst of the worst are more self-aware than a24 a24 is the collection of a of just a bunch of losers that i don't know just ugh. i, I think uh, they've turned a corner in their their company's history for certain where uh they seem to have gotten into a particular rhythm of what kind of movie they want to release and it's the most i mean i think the best example of what i'm talking about here is I think it's called Lamb. Hans, if you want to pull that up real quick, where it's like, oh, well, it's, yeah. it's a quiet, intimate drama, or is it? Maybe it's actually a horror. Maybe it's a family drama and a horror, much like M. Night, they, they, where they find, out, they find a lamb, but it's got like a baby's body, and she had a miscarriage or something before, so she's sad. And then, so uh, they lucked out having Robert Eggers for two movies, but now I feel like he's not going to work with them again. Because he just got a ninety million dollar budget for the Northman, mm-hmm. and so like, well, what's he going to do? Go back and simp for a twenty four to give him like five million dollars? I'm kind of disappointed that Nosferatu movie seems to be dead. Um, I think, oh, I he, think said he, he might be doing Tigers. it next. No, it was it was supposed to happen, but he went on Mark Marin this week and said, "Oh, Nosferatu's not happening. That's oh." oh. That falling sucks. apart, I guess. Which could have been great to get Willem Dafoe back as the the Max Shrek Nosferatu character. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah, it's, so it's just a twenty four to me is a, a lot of movies are make or, or or a lot of small studios are making similar movies and not being so self congratulatory about it. A twenty four is just is just indier Blum, Blumhouse, like that's you know sure you, you have if. if do you want to? You have a couple of hits. You have a couple of hits that you know really hit. But then, if you look at their track record, it's like cool. You have a hit every five movies. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what A24 is to me, where it's like, okay, so this is supposed to be the quality seal on it. The fact that it's A24, right? Like Blumhouse used to be, but then the waters get a little muddy there. And, you know, maybe it's not just all quality or all good. It's, I don't know, it gets a little... So I guess what I'm trying to say when I, when I utter out the scorching hot take that X is the best movie they've released is that it levels the playing field and levels, I think the repertoire, which is what they should be doing. They need to steer away from this, this stupid idea of no, we're, we're the intimate bizarre art house, but and like, and half the movies suck. Um, The elevated horror company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, which that was a total, what a joke. It, it, it comes at night. Horrible movie. Terrible. Um, oh, I like that. I remember, oh, I remember enjoying I mean, that. You guys had this conversation before, like 40 it's episodes ma- ago. No, you see, you see, no, to, to, to tie this back to like Shyamalan and Sixth Sense, at least, okay, people get would get pissed at Shyamalan over the years because like, oh, like, I'll even use for the sake of argument, like The Village. Everybody got so butthurt about that one. But it's still like a solid thriller for the first two thirds until you do learn the twist. And it's like, yeah, well it's again, he's using the thriller or horror genre to really make like this romance film and this, this mm-hmm. like faux enchanted village. And just people didn't like that. Oh, but everybody's so damn forgiving about it. it comes at night. One of the most anticlimactic, just, just lame. Ooh, it's existential like movies. Oh my God. I, I don't think anyone talk about it comes at night at all since that movie came it's out. So but... long. Yeah. I don't I disagree forgot it existed. with that. I don't disagree with that. Maybe I just like Joel Egerton. Because no, I, when I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is not terrible. But then I remember that the ending was kind of like very anticlimactic, very like, well, now we're going to pull this out of our ass and, and, this is what the story is. So, and, and people yeah, are, oh, you just that. want something like boogily woogily in the woods. And it's like, well, yeah, I kind of, I did because you were yeah. even teasing it. Like, it, yeah. I, I don't want like, mm, who does like abstract existentialism good? Does, it, has anybody ever done that? Like, like, no, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever, David Lynch, maybe like an eraser head or something like that, which is I mean, so Air, that's hard. That's hard to watch, even though it's a really good movie. Ingmar Bergman in the Seventh Seal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Really well. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to the the, the absolute apex of the the Criterion collection <laughs> to, to, to safeguard A24 yakking all over themselves. No, that's that's what I mean. That movie just um, I think was it was refreshing to see that kind of release from a studio like that. So if they can, I think broaden more in that direction where, where it's stuff that's not art house. I, I wouldn't say that's art house by any means um, and more kind of reverent and maybe more of a risk because it's against their typical reputation. Great. I'll, they'll earn a lot of respect back from me, but if, even if that lamb movie is good and it looks well shot and everything, I don't know. There's still, there's still, they're still like putting methane masks on themselves and just huffing at full blast. It's soulless. It lo- I mean, it looks good, but it, all those movies look good and are performed well and have everything perfect, but are soulless. I think that's a big problem with A24. I would go but, to Utopia Pictures uh, for what feels like old A24 before they got so self-aware. 
with what, what I will say to uh, come up with. So uh, which one was that? Utopia. Utopia. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look them up uh, about Ty West. However, it's pretty cool uh, how young he still is. So he has so much he can still do. And mm-hmm. I think he's, I think it's uh, he's actually, he's actually a very interesting case for that whole kind of click that he came, came up with like Adam Wingard, and uh, Simon Barrett and whatnot, they've kind of been in the game for like 13, 14 years. And they, these are guys that are all barely 39, 40 years old. And like, they kind of came up and Wingard and Barrett have, have kind of stayed making, making films, whether they're kind of smaller releases or like Godzilla vs. Kong. And uh, Ty West went into TV for so long. And like he did In a Valley of Violence, which uh, Western from a few years ago, but aside from that, it didn't step back into horror besides like directing uh, TV episodes yeah, of The Exorcist. So to see him step back in and him being really the guy that kind of was carving out that whole new sphere, I think, of, of young horror directors and whatnot, is um, it's pretty exciting to see because he's maybe he's at the stage now where he's made a ton of money just working for tv and like he's he's repped by uta so you know he's making bank um it's it's pretty exciting to see him step back in into movie making like full-time and have two features back to back ready to go and uh again being as young as he is like only 41 and having all this experience under he, he could he could have a really really cool decade ahead of him if he decides to stick to uh to movies which i'd be really happy to see because uh, okay, yeah, yeah. He, he's like he's like ty west is like if uh our old buddy our old buddy james rolf just decided to just he put his foot put put his foot all the way down on, on the gas pedal and go for it he decided hey how about i try this time that'll be ty west right yeah. well the first step <laughs> there would be getting a divorce we getting a separation from his wife but uh yeah are you, are you recommending J- yeah. James Rolfe <laughs> divorce his wife? I think he, I think he needs to make some. Uh, I, I, he needs to take a moment for himself and have some thoughts and reconsider the path that he's. It on seems right he. Now. It seems he fired uh, that whole screenwave staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think Took that is the case. He kind of quietly pushed them away. Uh, Justin after. went off to fat camp and. He, I, I don't know. I, it seems like all of his videos oh. are, are being handled by himself now, and they're all done out of his home, from what I've seen anyway. Um, not that studio that they use for their podcasts or whatnot. So Wait. that's yeah. Hold on. So he said, "Fat Cam, are they recording this? Is this like somewhere?" So <laughs> no, no. J- Justin oh. Justin Silverman was like, he, he, I, "I forget who posted. Somebody <laughs> we follow like posted it and like replied to it favorably. He, he just said he was like trying to get healthy and everything and." Hey, I, I'm just, I'm just this making... is a forty-year-old getting in shape finally. I'm just trying to make light of a guy's tough situation. I'm just, I'm just here to, here to bring smiles to the people. But I hope, I hope he, he gets, he gets healthy and whatnot. But the problem, he just took a shot at me. He made fun of how many patrons we had. He said, "Oh, may... this was like three years ago." He was like, "Oh, maybe I'll be this guy's thirty-first patron." LOL. <laughs> So fuck I him. Don't. I, I hope I, I, I hope, hope he gets he fatter. Does. I hope he gains six pounds. As a matter of fact, I, I hope he gets one of those my one thousand pound life episodes. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, where they have to have to take down a wall so they can take him out of the fucking house because he's too fat. Fuck him. And then you got a bunch of Gengars shoved in his ass. Fuck that guy. Oh, man. What a cute personality. <laughs> hey, look at all my Gengar stuffies. Cool. Why don't we go have sex on my Gengar plushie doll? Bed. <laughs> on my cool. Gengar bed. Gengar, you, you like the with... top three most pedo-looking Pokemon. Yeah. The one that always has that creepy <laughs> smile and his eyes all squinty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the one the one ghost that has a physical body so he can molest children. Great, <laughs> yeah. Ghost, you guys... ghost. That makes me think of the Sixth Sense. That's a spooky movie, wouldn't you say, fellas? No. No. Oh, okay. You didn't get scared. You didn't get scared once. No, I was no, not really. When name one moment with Donnie Wahlberg, that... his underwear, his dirty underwear. When the... When he says, "Oh yeah, she's she's outside of the window," and then he's like, "That lady doing this," and it's like, "Oh, that's." Scary. <laughs> what about when the kid was like, "Hey, let's go look at my dad's gun," and he turned his head, and there was a hole in his head. Not scary, more like, "Ha, huh. guy's dead." Mm-hmm. Hans That's is like, like, hey, I was born in Mexico. I grew up seeing guys <laughs> with brains blown out on the street. A gun, gunshot, whatever. You know what? Like, Where what, is it? What if, what if that happened? Like, what if, what if you made um, this? How would you say the sixth sense in Spanish? Because I don't know how to say sense. El sexto sentido. Okay, so you make that in Mexico, yeah. but it, it's it, it's just this kid that has the ability. And he's walking around like what is. And he's just seeing people dangling off of like overpasses, oh, just like, like waving to oh. him. Yeah, he just goes to like a taqueria and he's like, you know, tomorrow you're going to be hanging off a bridge. Like he just knows one day before they get him. Um, he's, he sees one dude like his face is skinned off from the cartel and he's just like, eh, whatever. Like, just, yeah, I don't, yeah, it doesn't work if you're not white. Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, well, that's how I kind of live, you know. It's just a Mexican sixth sense. It's like, yeah, yeah, I see uh, the five generations that have died in this house <laughs> because no one's ever moved out. The house just keeps going, you know. Mm. Everyone that dies is their son that keeps it. So you got, yeah, you got like five generations of Mexican grandmas like burning sage Dude, in there. To... <laughs> listen, the apartment that I lived in, the apartment that I lived in, my two grandparents used to live here, uh, and one of them is dead now. So a lot of the time, whenever I hear something or something, I'm just like, that's not happening. It's just like it's not, you know, he's. Go away, Grandpa. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I'm trying to like she's watch something. She's trying to say hi, huh? She's trying to bond. That's all. Have you guys ever been in a yeah. place you you felt or thought was haunted? I, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe my childhood home. It was kind of old. It was built, I think. Uh, it was built in the '40s, and then my family moved in in the '60s. So there was at least one generation there before us. And then uh, POCs that died in that house. Few people, no, few people died. In, few people uh, died in my house. So I don't know. Uh, Did you have any uh, paranormal encounters at that at that residence? Not not definitive ones, but definitely definitely moments where I was just like, just a little, just like you just you just get crept out, little jumpy. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just gonna ignore the fact that I feel this way out of nowhere for no fucking reason at all. When Hans isn't like sweating someone... and he's just cold in his room for the first time ever, there's a presence. Yeah, um, yeah. right. right the, the, just... the the bird chirping just suddenly stops. Just... <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
at like 3 a.m. Just like, hold on, I can't listen to this porn video that I'm trying to get off to. Grandpa, yeah. can you fucking go away? I'm trying what? to focus. Well, it's three in the morning. It's late. You're trying to be intimate with say. yourself and your grandfather's in a rocking yeah. chair. He's just Watch. asking for food. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Lorez for sure. You've grown up in those old those old shipyard houses. Like, no, I oh, really yeah, did. The, yeah, I no, I did have a a, a legit ghost in the G Town oh, apartment. Shit. Yeah. When I was nine years old or 10 years old, I went in to go get myself and my neighbor who I always scared and lied to. And I was like, Pennywise comes out of the drain. Da, 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 da. And he was like seven years old at the time. He was get spooked and cry. He would cry. So I had fun with that. And uh, he grew up my, to be Gary. That, Miller. That, that reminds me that we had someone in this neighborhood that everyone will believe. So we would just like surround him and just say, cry until he would cry and then he would <laughs> cry and go home cry. Cry. Yeah. Circle, cry. Yeah. cry um so we were hanging out one night my mom worked uh at the now defunct bradley's department store until 10 o'clock and the way that these germantown apartments were set up was uh it's basically like a giant house divided into four apartments you get a backyard if you live on the side and it's all one floor two different rooms and that's what we lived in so uh, my aunt was watching me at the time. She was on the phone, on the wireless phone in the backyard. And we were hanging out playing action figures. And I was like, all right, I'll go take a break and get us some Pepsis. Like a wholesome, cute little boy I was at age 9 or 10. And I go in, and you got to enter. So the backyard's connected to the living room. You walk through the living room into the kitchen, and then in the kitchen is another bathroom. So I go through the living room, through the kitchen, in the bathroom. And I, set the pe- I got the Pepsis first. I got the Pepsis first, put them on the radiator, Unzip, I'm urinating. And then I pick up the Pepsis and I look out in the kitchen and there's a woman that I, I really thought was my aunt. So I said, Jen, Jen, and then nothing. And I was like, this is, this is a bad situation to be in. This is really bad. Where and so she, you, she where? walked from the kitchen. Did she turn around? Did you see a face? No, or? no, no, no. And she walked into the living room and I Did you just feel the, the presence? No, I, the presence of- uh, well, I, maybe because I, I remember and this isn't really the case so much now, but like if someone's walking behind you or something, you know, you get that f- yeah. like feeling I, maybe at the time uh, it, it's too long ago to remember. But I freaked out, grabbed the Pepsis, went out the front door, which was right there and was locked, by the way. Come around the back. My aunt Jen is still on the phone and I go over. I'm like, there's a woman in the house, Jen. You got to go in there. There's a woman in the house. She thought I was scaring my neighbor. She thought I was telling fucking ghost stories again. But we checked it out, you and were. it was empty. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I was in this case. It was, it was for real this time. So I had that Wait, happen. Tonight, and... an unsolved mystery. Did Lorez take LSD when, <laughs> when drinking his Pepsi? Did the Buddy Dress Lor- story from Good Time come to life? Yeah. Why does Lorez like warm Pepsi that he puts him in the radiator? What the fuck it was, was just that? A sitting there. It was a radiator right beside the, right in front of the toilet. That so was, was, that was I had the part where I was kind of... I know it's a needless like, detail, but it's, you, it's just like what I remember. Warm, warm my, my we thing is, you know, cans, like hobos. <laughs> just, it would be a suit. I'm going to do that for. Uh, I'm going to try to run a seance here down at my place. I'm going to. I'm going to start by putting Pepsi on the radiator. Yeah. Just seeing that nap, that natural incense just brings in the the spirits. Of That's what drew yeah, it out. You, when you try to drink it, it's just thick. Because all this sugar has broken up, so you just drink thick Pepsi. Yeah, there's like shops down here where you can get all that stuff. It's it's very, 
Hans, I have learned this in, in, my, in my time becoming a de facto Mexican. Uh, it's, it's very prevalent in Mex- Mexican culture. They have like all those stores with all those like, oh yeah, um, with the I forget the monument it's and the, the the Lady of the Dead monument. Or I think it's like Santa Maria, is it or or, or La Virgen Maria? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. It's it's like yeah, they have that's... that and they have like all these like these Guadalupe. Like, that's that's supposed to be like Jesus's mom, but uh, there's a story. Uh, with this little Mexican boy that apparently the virgin appeared to him and then all of a sudden he had it on his shirt and he was like, oh my God, it's, she's on my shirt now. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go to my little town and show everyone that she's on my shirt. He didn't so say, ah, like, get it off me, get it off me. No, no, no. Oh. So, so so like that goes and then she, he goes to the town and people are like, oh my God, that's Virgin Mary. And he's like, yep. Yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a horrible story. I don't buy that at all. I think you just got a is, t-shirt printing. And that was it. That's how really, well, that's how religion works, right? Where it's just like, well, virgin, she's a virgin. She's pregnant now because of the Holy Spirit. Day and got excited, <laughs> talked like, himself into it. My but favorite one of the grilled cheeses. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the shirt story. But the grilled cheeses are the ones that get me. They're like, "Hey, man, you know who I saw?" The Jesus, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the extra mile and be like, "Hey, you know who I saw on my on my uh, my grilled cheese here? Barabbas, the guy that got him killed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the prick that Dude, didn't just take his his sentence." He was giving me two thumbs up because he survived <laughs> after oh. raping after raping like ten people. Yeah, the real yeah. hero of, of the gospel. <laughs> that's that's truly. Uh, that's really a good story. <laughs> uh, also, I, was, I just thought of this. We had a pool table that was in the basement, <clears throat> and there was a lock on that. And whenever you were home alone, you would hear the pool balls rattling around. That was another thing. So that apartment had a bunch of weird shit like that. The other, Everywhere else I've ever lived, nothing even remotely close to that. It's always very safe. But there was a lot of weird paranormal shit. And there was also, uh, there was always a rumor that a girl had killed herself in the apartment, a teenage girl, which turned out to be true. And uh, it was, I looked for that for weeks uh, online at the time. And they, there was nothing as far as like an obituary. You had to sign up for a service and it was printed in like the early 90s or something. That's the only way you could find it. But I got that verified. So but there's no, no Ghost Adventures episode of that building. No, we got to go back. When you're back in mass, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll go back to the. Dude, source. I did that. At, I I remember when I, when I was living in London, my roommate wanted to do uh, as part of his documentary. He uh, contacted ghost hunters in London, so they took us out, and I was I was sound. So they took us out in like areas where Jack the Ripper had killed people, right? Because you're gonna be able to hear so much activity here. Mm-hmm nothing we went through like five different places and i was with the mic thing and and then the guy would be like do you hear that and i'd be like no like my microphone is stronger than anything you can hear and i hear nothing so it's like stop stop pretending that there's something happening here just like no i'm like pointed it directly at you or pointing at things and nothing so i i I know a guy who worked on one of those like a, a lower key version of ghost hunters uh around here and apparently they believed in their own shit. So they explored a couple of locations and came up empty handed. So what they thought was, all right, well, we're not going to fake it. We can't, we're not going to fake it if we don't find anything. But what I'll do is I'll fall in love with the dead girl who s- supposedly haunts here. So I'll go to her grave with flowers and I'll just, uh, uh, you know, confess my love for her. And that's what we'll do for the episode. And they spent like a ridiculous, they spent like, 
two hundred thousand dollars shooting these episodes. That was the budget for the cast oh, and the crew geez. to work with. Was there ever a time where that was like a thing? What? Oh, the, uh, the, the like, checking like out paranormal places. Yeah, there was what scariest places on Earth, which was around there's the same still, time. There's as, still well, all that you have stuff that guy going. right. The one guy that makes Zach those shows, I think him. So you Zach have him. Baggins. That's a good besides, name. Besides, besides him, like, is there anything that's still going? Because I remember that there was a couple there of years. There used to be a where... ghost hunt. I feel like they lived in Rhode Island or something. It was a couple of bald, fat <laughs> do you, guys. Do you mean generally or like where we come from? I just mean like in general, like TV shows that you can in, watch. Yeah, in general, there's a ton like jack us, osborne right? jack osborne has like five shows that he does oh jesus where he yeah. just pretends to be hunted <laughs> pretends to hear things mm-hmm. he, like, he, no he, it's just yeah. an error it's just that you've been high for 20 years and now yeah. you hear things <laughs> he, he, jack osborne has a ton of shows on like travel channel about that stuff the paranormal shit oh yeah good he loves him. it i guess yeah after he got dropped from what was it like dancing with the stars or something if, if so it some show kicked him off because he he got sick or whatever he had like what does he have like als or something he has ms i think ms yeah no oh, that sucks yeah <laughs> that's a, anyway that's a funny that's a funny one that's the movies you know who else had ms richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> he did i'm not kidding was that before or after he was Set on fire for like stealing something. Or I don't whatever. think the fire. <laughs> no, that's I think a, the fire is what caused it. it, it no, he was smoking curves. crack and doused himself in gasoline and said, "I'm done." They didn't set yeah. him on fire for stealing. So it's not Mexico, Hans. That's not how we do things here. Okay, he just gave himself a mess by setting himself on fire. That sounds better. <laughs> At least you can fucking blame the cartels here, not yourself. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you, Blame the cartels for getting them the getting them the crack. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's been the show. Patreon.com slash Lores. Surfshark.deal slash Lores. If you've tuned in this long, go check those out. 83% off of VPN. $5 tier. Uh, this is episode 199. How about that? 199. All right. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, we're Jake, going through. Would you, like, would you like to be a guest on episode 200? Yeah. Oh, I guess we can. I guess we can. Type it. Type it in the ch- tell them what the movie is in the okay. chat. Okay. And you can uh, you can make your decision based off of that, Jay. Okay. okay? This is happening in real time, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's see what it is. All We're right. thinking about inviting every all forty two guests that have ever appeared on movies to appear. But oh, they have to do their oh. homework. So. Oh my God. <laughs> just something to consider. Oh. What can I? I'm what just... can I? What can I say without giving it away? That like <laughs> says exactly how I feel. <laughs> fucking fucking awesome! It's about that guy being <laughs> cool in the army. Yes. <laughs> no, hey, don't give away too much, boy. Sorry, oh. you're right. He looks good in camouflage, and he can. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, Private Pile a... in Full Metal Rifles. Jacket. You really wanted to get back to Kubrick. I know. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it. Boy. So if you're you're willing, so if you're willing to spend 90 minutes with with oversaturated color palettes and (laughs) and then the most deadpan, dead face. That was not. 
that was not my choice, but I just think that if I asked people to watch an entire season of it, no one would. So, well, if a movie exists, and you're already talking about, yeah. you're giving giving it away. Anyone who's a listener knows by now, yeah. just from what you just said. <laughs> uh, there's a movie that exists. This is called Movies. Yeah, yeah. So that, that one. <clears throat> who's a guarantee for that episode 200 special? Wang, Chris Stuckman. Uh, they're watching that, right? Yep. Um, we're going to have the 42, the 42 guests that we've had a movie so far. Speaking of which. They're all, all going to go against me on this movie. So it's, uh, Jake, I believe you're the top guest appearer on this, on this program. I think you've got 25 episodes for your name, maybe 26 with this one. Um, and then it's Jerry. And then it's, I believe it's a three-way Spencer. tie between Cisco, Spencer. But see, Spencer kind of – listen, Spencer got the benefit that he talks a whole lot. So I split up the episodes into two parts. So he's he hasn't done as many calls with right. us, but he's up there. And then uh, third place is tied with uh, Cisco and Hannah. You, uh, you ready for this? You, you mentioned a former guest of ours. Here's, here's a little yeah. bonus update for everybody. Uh, Chris Stuckman, who was on an episode last year, right? Yes. Last year? Uh, um, uh, maybe it was late 2020. Two years his, ago, I think. Uh, his uh, his fundraiser for his feature it is, I think it's done. It, it's yeah. just under one point four million dollars he raised. Jesus. He cleaned house out yeah. of that. Yeah, he yeah. did. Uh, drive so, two. <laughs> it's just about the jacket. It's just a return of the jacket. Just a uh, here's what I'll million? say about what, that. Like crowdfunding. Yes. Yeah. Here's what I'll say you about got, that. Good 15, for him. 15,000 backers. That's amazing. That's phenomenal. I don't know if this is going to help the movie. That's mm-hmm. my opinion, which is that it seems like whatever deal he had going um, maybe isn't happening now, which is why he had to do the crowdfunding. Uh, it route. is because he's still linked up with that same pr- – the producer, uh, Aaron Koontz, uh, launched the, the, the fundraiser for him. Oh, that's not good if the company's launching a fundraiser to do your movie. Um, well, it's it's a real small one. They're out of well, Austin, though. So he got a it's deal a million. That. Yeah, it's, it's a million, million dollars. Not... Made it work. But, <laughs> yeah, he not... but here's the thing: he could have done that with or without that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But my... how many followers does he have? Over uh, a million. Over a million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, the real deal. So I, my thinking is. And I don't want to, you know, invoke the name of James Rolfe twice in one show here. I'm not. You you did before, Jake. Uh, but we saw what happened with the extra money when that was a successful campaign. It raises the expectations of the crowd. And if you don't know how to properly uh, distribute that, that money within your own project and dedicate it to things that will be most right. helpful, then yeah. it can be a real problem and you can wind up shooting yourself in the foot. And I... I would say I fret that that may come to fruition here, but we'll see. I I have no clue what his capability of filmmaking is. I haven't seen any any of his narrative shorts, or actually, I did see one narrative short, and um, my emotional. opinion still st- stands. Was it very like about relationships and how women are mean? No, I maybe no. I don't know. It was about it was it was a <laughs> spat or something. It was a couple spat, I believe. I'm trying to judge without knowing anything, <laughs> just by like talking to him once in my life. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I hope he gets it done. We'll we'll have him back, right? 
Who knows? He, well, right. he said he said he'd be down to come on and promote it. We'll see if that happens. I've yeah. DM'd with him a couple of times uh, since that show, so we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. All right. All right. That's that's the end of this show. It's almost two a.m. here. I need to get some rest. We got another show tomorrow, earlier than usual. So yeah. we got to get to that. We're going to be revisiting the topic of Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. But of course, we do have episode two hundred coming up right before that. So. That's been movies. The Tologist on Twitter, H word name on Twitter. Go check those out. Uh, Jake, any update on when your series may launch? Very, very soon. Just have been hard pressed for time. And I, I don't want to drop a release date before and get ahead of myself and then disappoint everybody. But it's mm. happening. It's happening. Awesome. All right. Well, that has been movies for this week. Patreon.com slash lovers. Thank you for listening.